In case you haven't heard, CVS plans to buy Oak Street Health, a Medicare-focused primary care provider, for over $10 billion. That's a big bet on primary care for the Medicare set. CVS is promising to nearly double Oak Street's footprint. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ruth Reader. Though the U.S. has quelled MPOX, the disease formerly known as monkeypox continues to spread in Mexico, parts of South America, and Africa. Thirteen countries saw an increase in cases last week, though Mexico had by far the largest spike. Public health officials are calling for Mexico to roll out vaccines. But for now, the country is relying on behavior modifications to stem transmission. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization says that humans are at low risk for catching avian influenza or bird flu, but warns that might not be the case forever. The disease is circulating in minks, otters, foxes, and sea lions. Last year, four people contracted the latest strain of avian flu, H5N1, and one of them died. The WHO calls for increased animal surveillance to stay ahead of the disease. And ahead of a looming court decision that could wipe out access nationwide to abortion pills, some doctors and advocates are telling people to pre-order and stockpile the pills while they still can. Alice Miranda Olstein is here to discuss the case. Great to be here. So last year, a Christian legal group called the Alliance Defending Freedom sued the FDA and federal court to overturn its decision to approve medication abortion, specifically a pill called Mifepristone. We're expected to get a decision on that soon, but while we wait, I wanted to ask you maybe some dumb questions about this proceeding and and what could possibly go down. So if it's the FDA's job to approve medications, on what grounds can the Alliance Defending Freedom sue? So this group, they are representing a group of doctors and anti-abortion conservative medical groups in this case. And they're alleging that the FDA did not adequately consider the safety data around these pills when they initially approved them more than two decades ago. They're also asking the court, you know, if you're not willing to completely strike down the FDA's approval of these pills, at least roll back some of the agency's more recent uh, decisions allowing the pills to be available via telemedicine sent in the mail and available at local pharmacies with a prescription. Um, and so there there could be a lot of different outcomes here, but it it's going after, you know, the the federal approval and regulation of these drugs. And there's a concern, aside from what it could do to abortion access, that this could really sort of open up a Pandora's box and allow people to sue the FDA and challenge the approval of all kinds of drugs. And it could really sort of upend the regulatory environment and make companies not feel secure when they do get approval to manufacture and and market a drug that may not feel like a uh, permanent decision they can rely on if this goes forward. Yeah. And the other thing that seems strange to me about this is that, you know, the FDA goes through a pretty thorough approval process, and it seems like it went through a a fairly thorough one for approving mifepristone, especially these most recent rules around being able to send the drug through the mail. And so isn't there a lot of safety data that this is resting on, this decision? Yes. So the the FDA is defending themselves in this case and, you know, pointing to all the evidence that they've amassed um, you know, 
millions of people have used this medication for abortion over the past few decades. And that's just in the U.S. Around the world, there's even more data. Um, And there was actually around the decision on telemedicine, there was a lot of data that um, I reported on that came out of the U.K. because they have a centralized medical system. It's much easier to track. And so they showed that there wasn't really any difference in the number of medical complications that resulted from people getting the pills in person from a doctor, which used to be the only way you could get it, or through the mail. And that, you know, in part contributed to the FDA's decision to allow that to go forward. Mm. So the FDA in defending itself is saying, you know, this is politically and ideologically motivated. This is not based on data and science. And so we're going to see those arguments play out in court. Right. So there is some possibility and there's certainly uh, some fear from advocates of medication abortion that this rule could get overturned or this decision could get overturned. If that were to happen, what would happen next? You know, would Mifepristone be no longer authorized, you know, throughout the United States? Would this just be something relevant to states where it's banned or in states that are currently trying to restrict the medication? How would it go down? Yeah. So actually, it would mainly impact states where it's not banned right now, states where it's available, because right now, about 18 states, it it fluctuates every day because there's all of these smaller court decisions, but about 18 states right now have restrictions on the pills, either banning them entirely or dictating how people can receive them. Um, and so this would impact mainly, you know, blue states that that protect abortion and protect the availability of the pills. Um, and people have been sort of slow to grasp, you know, how big this ruling could potentially be. We have not really heard from the administration, you know, what they would do if that were to happen. Um, and so you have a lot of medical groups and advocacy groups that I've been talking to who say, okay, we can't, you know, wait for the government to save us. We're, we're making our own preparations. That's right. And according to your story, you're saying that, you know, some doctors and advocates are telling people to pre-order and stockpile abortion pills while they still can. What's their thinking here and, and who should be stockpiling? Yeah, so this is around something that's called advanced provision, and it's something a lot of groups were promoting even before this lawsuit came onto the scene. They're saying, you know, because from the time you realize you have an unintended pregnancy to the time you can navigate how to obtain the pills and actually receive them, you know, that could take a long time. Why not just have the pills on hand in your medicine cabinet if you need to just in case it comes up. They're, you know, safe to have on the shelf for a couple years at least. Um, So this is something some advocacy groups were already promoting, but now in the context of potentially losing access to the pills, they're creating videos, they're creating social media campaigns, they're trying to get the word out saying it would really be smart for people who might find themselves needing this in the future to have it on hand. Now, interestingly, the FDA does not support this. They do not support advanced provision, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. And what else are these groups doing to prepare for this possible overturning? 
Yeah. So they are educating um, providers and patients about a potential workaround. So the medication used to terminate a pregnancy in the U.S. for the past few decades has been a two-pill regimen. You take the first one, and then you wait, and then you take a few of the second one. And so this lawsuit is really going after access to just the first pill called mifepristone. And so now these groups are saying, look, there's actually pretty good evidence that you can have an abortion just by taking um, doses of the second pill, misoprostol. And so they're circulating guidance on how to do that. Now, of course, the irony is that using the two pills together is seen as like the gold standard, like the most safe and effective. And there are more risks to just using the second pill without the first one. And because this case is premised on safety, you know, it's ironic that it might lead to people using a still safe but not quite a safe option. Fascinating. You know, one more question that we didn't really talk about. I know you said that the administration has sort of not really detailed its plans. I'm curious, you know, what what do advocates want the administration to do? You know, groups have been calling on the administration basically ever since Roe versus Wade was overturned to declare a public health emergency for abortion. Um, and they feel that would, you know, free up some capabilities, you know, for people, doctors prescribing across state lines potentially, or to mobilize a workforce to be sent to certain areas to, you know, deal with an influx of patients who may be coming there for an abortion. But the administration has really resisted that. They feel it would backfire. You know, it would get challenged in court. It could lead to a future Republican administration declaring, you know, the opposite, like a public health emergency for unborn fetuses or something. Um, they, they just feel that it's more uh, risk than it's worth. And so they've they've said publicly that they are not in favor of doing that. The administration has, you know, said that they, of course, would appeal a decision if it came down against the FDA. But groups really want more details on how exactly the administration would deal with this crisis. I mean, the pills are the most used method of abortion in the United States. And so having that suddenly cut off would really be a major, major upheaval. People are very dependent on this right now, especially with just way fewer options for having a procedural abortion in a clinic right now. And so, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I can't stress enough how big this could be. Wow. Well, thank you so much for walking me through this issue and also your story. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Brooke Hayes is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ruth Reeder. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.